Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Dankabar, Hugh Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for Mind Your Business. Now, going to the supermarket to buy fresh fruit, groceries, it's such a universal experience. Yet, due in part to COVID-19, all of this has changed, hasn't it? I mean, I think e-commerce has really transformed the grocery store all over the world, including right here in Southeast Asia. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, you know, you've got this issue of online penetration for the grocery segment. That only accounts for, what, 1% in Southeast Asia? So it's it's a market that's kind of untapped, uh, something that our next guest, Happy Fresh, is uh, trying to deal with. Yes, indeed. They are taking aim at this remarkable growth opportunity, extending fresh grocery accessibility to underserved and unserved consumers, significantly growing its dark store presence in the region. We're talking here specifically in Indonesia, Thailand and Malaysia. Let's find out more about the opportunities and the rise of dark stores in the region. Guillaume Segarra, the CEO of Happy Fresh, is on the line. Uh, hola, Guillaume. Uh, buenos dias. How are you? Hey, thanks a lot for having me. I'm good. I'm good. What about yourself? Very good, sir. Thank you for taking the time. Happy Fresh. What a nice, happy name your company has. Uh, Southeast Asia's leading online groceries company, headquartered in Jakarta. That's uh, And you guys operate in Indonesia, Malaysia, and Thailand. Tell us a little bit more about the business model. Well, Happy Fresh, we started back in 2015 uh, with the aim to really, you know, uh, provide access to quality groceries to everybody in Southeast Asia. Um, and that's what we've been doing for the past five to, to six years up until uh, today. You started off at Lazada previously. So what made you decide to go and start something like Happy Fresh? Well, I think looking at, you know, the digitalization of Southeast Asia, we saw big categories going online, electronics, fashion, travel. But one of the largest categories, consumer categories, is actually groceries, which accounts for 20-25% of the household income. Yet, when you look back, supermarkets have looked the same for the past 50 years. Knowing that the consumer behavior is changing very, very rapidly, we saw a big opportunity for us to really provide a much convenient, better experience and value for money to, to the customers. And hence, that's why we started Happy Fresh. Mm. Actually, I got a little bit thrown off by myself when I... I read uh, in the introduction that this online penetration for the grocery segment is only 1% in Southeast Asia. I don't think that's something we're used to here in Singapore because we can do that. Um, you guys are not here in Singapore. Any rationale for that? No, no demand, perhaps? Well, we, we believe in um, you know markets that are A, large enough. Uh, so big metropolitan cities like Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, uh, Bangkok, we're talking about 10, 15, 20 million um, addressable markets for each city. But at the same time, we're talking about cities that have some infrastructural challenges, congestion in traffic. You know, we don't want to carry heavy items. You don't want to be stuck in traffic. You don't want to be queuing in the stores. And that's basically the value proposition and the problem and the pain point that we're trying to solve with Happy Fresh. We believe in these markets. Our solution really provides, as I say, a much more convenient way to do your groceries on a weekly basis. 
But in spite of the issues that you just brought up, online penetration for the grocery segment, as we mentioned earlier, only accounts for 1% in Southeast Asia. Why is the number still so low? I believe that uh, the penetration remains quite low for mainly two reasons. First one is overall digitalization in Southeast Asia has started to really pick up the past five years. Internet penetration, uh, the rise of the middle class, smartphones. So that's definitely driving that adoption. The second one is that is also, I believe, a supply issue. There was no strong player that could provide a solution on online groceries as we do today. Modern trade has been relatively slow to provide certain categories like, you know, fresh produce. The wet market has problems with accessibility. But yet now we're solving that problem and hence customers definitely have access to to a solution. The last point I think that is worth to, to mention as well is that over the past couple of years due to the pandemic, that adoption and that penetration has accelerated massively. And although we're talking like single digit or below 1% the past couple of years, we expect that to go up to 5 6% within the next two. All right. You talked about that acceleration due to the pandemic. Did that make things easier? Uh, I, mean, I know you guys were in Malaysia, uh, in Indonesia before the pandemic, but what were some of the challenges, you know, in trying to penetrate markets like Indonesia, Malaysia and Thailand? You talked about, you know, uh, not so tech savvy uh, sort of uh, segment as well. Uh, tell us how you got over that. Yeah, I believe as the penetration increases, we, we obviously needed to educate consumers that getting groceries online with the same or even better quality, with the same or even better convenience, with the same or even better value for money was an option. So that's the journey that we've gone over the past five years. During the pandemic, everybody has been locked down for at least 30, 60, 90 days. What we saw is a massive shift on customer behavior because the habit of actually buying groceries online was almost imposed to the customers. Uh, moreover, what we see that after the lockdown have been lifted, the same customers that buy groceries for the first time during the lockdown remain and stay with us, which definitely shows that that shift on customer behavior towards digital services like us is here to stay. In spite of this, though, I'm pretty sure there must be challenges when it comes to breaking into virgin markets like these at this time, especially when more and more other companies are also thinking of moving the same way. Tell me more about those challenges. Absolutely. And I think as the category matures, um, there's a massive opportunity. Obviously, more and more competition comes. That tells us two things. The first one is that we are in the right place at the right time. The second is that Focus in competitive markets is incredibly important. We focus in a very specific shopping mission, which is your daily and weekly shopping. For that, there is three main elements that are very important. We want to offer choice to our customers. That's why our range of 10,000, 15,000 SKUs is larger compared to other competitors. The second one is our focus in quality. Um, We want to make sure that we provide to you quality in the products we deliver, especially fresh category, um, which is a category that otherwise in modern trade is probably not up to customer standard. And the third one, especially in the times that we are now living, is the component of value for money. Um, We promise to our customers uh, the best combination of quality and price and value for money available in the market. Overall, we believe we have the most compelling offering 
for the for your daily and weekly uh, grocery shopping. Mm. How hard is it to get partners on board? You've got quite a number of notable names. I'm looking at Lotte Mart being one of them, uh, Kafu, uh, that's not in Singapore anymore. Um, tell us about that process. So as we speak, we have more than 200 different partners. We wow. operate more than 1,000 stores. And I think that has been also shipped on uh, our supermarkets or brick-and-mortar retail mentality. Mm. Five years ago, when we started, it would take us literally six months to just get a meeting with the store manager. Mm. Um, we would get an answer as in, I don't believe in online. I do believe that I'll do it myself, right? Mm. Mm. Um, Fast-forwarding now, if I look at Indonesia, if you take the top 20 supermarkets by market share, 19 of them are, are with us, right? And I think... The value added for us as a plug-and-play solution for retailers to really have a digital sales channel up and running within a couple of weeks is incredibly valuable, especially in the context of the pandemic as we live the past couple of years. You know, considering all of these developments, I'm just wondering, Guillaume, what happens to all the mom-and-pop stores that are quite entrenched in all of these countries? I believe that that is part of our day-to-day and still would be. Um, again, there is different shopping missions. Uh, mom and pop stores cover the classical top-up shopping mission when you want to buy, you know, that boost, like range of 100 products that you're going to use for, you know, immediately or the, or the same day. And I think there is a very specifically shopping mission for that. We, as I say, we focus more on the daily, the weekly, Specifically, for, for, for an example that is quite clear, right, we carry a, a, a quite significant range of fresh produce, which include, you know, your veggies, your herbs, your chicken, your, your poultry, your seafood, your frozen products. These are products that mom and pop store not necessarily cover. So if anything, we, we believe that that's a complementary shopping mission for a customer that would be using different, different services and different shopping missions across the day and the week. We're on the line this morning with Guillaume Segarra, who is the CEO of Happy Fresh. Guillaume, I want to talk about this. I'm very curious. What is the term dark store concept? I mean, what's a dark store? A dark store, per definition, is a store. looks exactly the same as a store, but it's not um, meant for walking customers. It's only meant for online deliveries. So okay. you can imagine a... Imagine your, your typical Circle K 7-Eleven, for example, but it's empty. And instead of customers, you would have a pickers running around. With that, it allows you to increase, you know, efficiency in picking and allows you to have control over inventory and so on. So now, what is very important to notice here is that different dark stores would have different setups. The typical dark store, specifically for the quick commerce guys, are relatively small spaces, 100 square meters. They carry only 1,000 SKUs at max, and they don't have, like, you know, the ability to carry categories like fresh produce, frozen, and why not. Mm. For us, Happy Fresh, the infrastructure we're deploying is actually a little bit different. Mm-hmm. As we say, we focus on our daily and, and, and uh, weekly shopping mission. And for that, we need larger range. We need the ability to do fresh and so on and so forth. So our facilities are larger per nature, are more like 600 to 900 square meters, have the ability to carry up to 15,000 SKUs to give customers choice. And more importantly, we have like three different temperature rooms, which allows us to carry, you know, from fresh, 
Frozen, and all the categories that make up for the weekly shopping mission. So although per definition that store is relatively small, we have really adjusted this type of infrastructure to serve our shopping mission and to serve our customers and ultimately to have a competitive edge uh, to deliver a much, much, much compelling offering. Mm, yeah, so in your context, it essentially is a dark supermarket of sorts, yeah? But here's yeah, the thing. That, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing, though. I mean, I'm sure there are costs associated with this as well. How do you ensure that, you know, you keep all of this running to optimal quality, yet not pass on too much of that to consumers who are into online shopping? I mean, everyone's looking for a deal, right? Absolutely. And, and I think, look, when it comes to groceries, um, and that goes for online and, and offline, the key to our business is operational efficiency and excellence, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a thin margin business. And anything that has to do with, you know, having better control over inventory, control wastage, control SLAs, all the way to how efficient you are in your supply chain management, sourcing, and so on, would make the difference down the line. We're talking about huge volumes that you're moving on the day-to-day, so every single percentage matters. For that, what we've done is, again, we added a a layer of technology with our warehousing management systems that are probably, you know, the most advanced in in the region, all together with ensuring that because the amount of data that we have on customer behavior, we have proper demand planning, we have wastage and management control as well, Today, just, just to give you one data point, right, to pick an order from a supermarket uh, typically would take us anything around 25 to 30 minutes. Um, in our facilities, we are now picking the same order below four minutes. So that's basically a 5 to 7x um, operational increase in efficiency, which obviously leads into a much better unit economics that ultimately we pass this benefit to customers. Wow. Guillaume, another curious question. I mean, apart from the size, uh, I'm sure there's a process when it comes to choosing the location uh, of these dark stores. Any chance you could talk to us about that? Yeah, we've been in the grocery space for actually the longest, right? Back in 2015, there's nobody doing uh, eat groceries in Southeast Asia. We've been serving our customers for all that time. And, you know, the first thing, obviously, when, when you get into Happy Fresh, you would choose where the order needs to get delivered. So we already created that intelligent knowledge of heat maps on okay. every single city of where the orders and where our customers are. So for us, it's relatively easy to then overlay that uh, heat maps and understand exactly where the locations needs to be in order to increase um, the density of orders. Same goes, by the way, from, from the products that need to be on those facilities. Right? We know exactly you know, the 20% of products that drive 80% of the sales, and we incredibly int- intentional, and the location and also in the range that we put in each of these um, uh, fulfillment centers. I understand that you recently raised $65 million in Series D funding. That was in July last year. Uh, tell us, first of all, what was your strategy in getting all that money? How did you sell yourself so successfully? Well, I, I believe uh, funding runs usually get attached to three things. The first one is how big the opportunity and the problem we're trying to solve. And in this case, we're talking about a $300 billion industry, uh, groceries in Southeast Asia, which hasn't changed much in the past years. And what we do is actually really understand customer behavior and offer a better solution. So huge opportunity from an, from an investment standpoint. 
The second one is having a leadership position. We in markets like Indonesia, Malaysia, and Thailand, we've been the longest um, around, but at the same time, uh, we, we're the leading platform when it comes to e-groceries. When people in Indonesia think about groceries, they think about Happy Fresh. So that makes for a case. And the third one, which is also incredibly important, is the track record and execution on, on actually solving that problem. We're probably the player that decides on, on size, but we also have managed to have positive unit economics, the largest network of supermarket partners. We have the highest MPS and customer satisfaction. So if you believe, which I think is pretty clear now, that e-groceries and groceries is going to be one of the most exciting categories in Southeast Asia now and for the coming years. And if you really want to um, invest in that part of the world, I think Happy Fresh um, is the platform that comes to mind. Mm. Uh, Gim, just a final question, and, and not to assume. Um, Happy Fresh, you would, we would consider this a, a full-on tech company, right? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I think we are, we, we are a retailing company that solves the problem with okay. a with tech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. if anything with a tech enabled company yeah okay and so in relation to that right um it, it is the way forward okay. what is the hottest job in happy fresh right now what is the job that's most in demand within your company could you tell us a little bit about that to to, to be to be honest right i think if, if you think about it right happy fresh like many other companies it's it's, it's a customer journey and there's multiple points so every single job is incredibly <laughs> important for us and that's no but i'm serious that goes from you know the person that put the picture live in the content team all the way that the guy that does the last mile delivery yeah. now what i can tell you is that across the region um there is a shortage in in talent for for tech and product that's obviously very important in in tech companies like ours so if you ask for what do i think the role in the region is most scarce um, probably take them product, yeah. Sure. I'm sure though your whole company is listening in, so you're gonna be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's important. <laughs> Excellent. And I'm glad that you sound like you really mean it as well. I think it's important to acknowledge every single person in that value chain. Yeah? Thank you so much, Guillaume. Guillaume Sagara, CEO of Happy Fresh. You stay happy, Guillaume. Thank you very much. Have a good one. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.